0: And welcome to the new year if you didn't know already 2024 often get that date confused as i think we all do what, what year is it now when you remember 2000 you know you're in trouble <laughs> when you're an adult in 2000 it was like how could that possibly happen So sort of 24 25 years almost later we're still here <laughs> still here and hopefully doing well um so i hope you're well today i hope i find you well and if you're not Hang in there, and better times will always come again. That's the nature of life. um Supported by the Gunas, that they're. life is always changing, and you know, bad times roll with good, and then good times it tends to go south. And uh, you know, it's a merry-go-round until it's not. Eh? You know, enjoy it. And then, as they say in the Bhagavad Gita, for the harder times, you know, sometimes we just have to bear them, and then sometimes we can change our attitude towards them. So, I suppose on that note, we're looking at the podcast today as to take on attitudes to practice again so how can we stay motivated enthused inspired by a practice that is well repetitive um and just go on awesome every day it's like you know you've just finished one you think well that's a good job done you know pleased with that please I motivated myself and did it you know and then it's like the next day the same again already <laughs> and i think you know no one i think no one feels that they you know, kind of super enthused to get on the mat every day. And I think if people claim they do, I don't quite believe them, you know. I I think, you know, the whole point of the practice is to try and stabilize ourselves or, you know, something along those lines to a world that's always changing. And, and you know, and we're always inspired, you know, basically human beings with our senses pointed outwards. We're always inspired to go into the world and engage with it, you know, and go into the world and Consistently seek stimulation and excitement and novelty, you know, and change, you know, like our senses are structured on change. They need, you know, to feel, to know ourselves, we need change. And we, you know, if any pleasure goes on for too long, for example, it becomes completely unfelt or it turns to pain, yeah. So the senses themselves encourage us to act in a certain way. You know, it's not exactly our fault. None of this is our fault, in fact. We're born into this mechanism, you know, the body, the mind, and the world outside. Um, and you know, if we don't do anything about it, we're just going to be taken on this to use the word I just use, merry-go-round, carousel, continuously by the senses, seeking new stimulus, seeking new stimulus because that's what the senses do. So the whole idea of yoga is obviously to control the senses and you start with the easiest thing which is to control the senses because it's a lot easier to do that than to control the mind and then you work inwards from there you know so it's like well you look at the problem okay the world is continuously changing you know we are according to yoga anyway not buddhism but according to yoga we're essential you know we have an essential nature which is unchanging which is not temporary which is you know eternal According to yoga, and you know, even on a superficial level, you know, if we are a consistent thing inside, right? We, you know yourself, and you feel the same way as you did when you were like we were talking about the uh, you know the year two thousand. You feel the same way as you did in two thousand. You know, you feel that same sense of self. You know, there's a there's a consistent, stable, continuous entity there that wants to know itself in that manner but we constantly look outside and involve ourselves with outside stimulus which is always changing so therein lies the 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 kind of painful bit is that we're something which is the same and yet we look to constantly Changing world to find ourselves there, and it's constantly changing. And we try and we try and consin- continuously hold on to to the world and make it the same. You know, to reflect ourselves in the way that we want to know ourselves, which is sameness. Yeah? But it doesn't do that. It moves around and it doesn't uh, do what we want. And and therefore lies that this 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 struggle, this pain, this suffering. In the end, I mean, you call it pain, but you know, sometimes it's pain. Sometimes it's just a bit discontent or a bit bored. You know, but at the end of the day, it's you know, is this change? Change is the problem. You know, the changing world. And the fact that we are, you know, inside our consciousness is not changing. It's, you know, that when we have that sense of peace, right, there's that sense of peace that comes from having a situation that is just stable, nothing, really, nothing at all. You know, we're not feeling anything. We're not being stimulated at all. But I suppose that's a bit of a diversion really, you know, so we have this, this situation with the senses anyway, which distracts us from practice, obviously, you know, one day we want to do this, we want to practice. I mean, you know, I remember when you went to the practice first time, you just like, walked out, you know, God, my God, how did I never do this? And then it's like, you know, fourth day, fifth day, it's already feeling like, you know, okay, you know, that was good. Still good. <laughs> a few months later, it's like, well, you know, now I've got a little bit of tweaks and a little bit of aches and pains, you know, and should I continue this? And, you know, five years down the line, or, you know, when did I start? 1990. Late 1990s, you know, so you know, I mean, a bloody long time to be honest, right? Um, and you know, how do you continue getting up and doing something like that when you'd rather just go and make a coffee and have a cappuccino and have a croissant, you know? I mean, honestly, you know, you know, you feel better for it. So, I suppose that's the first thing is how you continue. Well, you've got all this weight of built up experience that you know it's good for you, right? So, you just use that. And I'm using the things that you are really honestly, I maybe just have. I've done it for a longer time and I happen to have the skill of articulating it sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> so first of all, I use that I sit on the sofa. And I think, you know, like if you don't do that. How you feel, you, know? you do something. And then secondly, you know, the obvious thing I've said a million times, do something, you know, do something. And th- and don't think you have to do everything. Just think I'm going to get on the mat and do something. You know, I think that's David Swenson's uh, idea in the first place. Right. You know, just get on the mat, roll it out, stand on it. And that's a practice. Right. And then, you know, To be honest, nothing ever just goes, you know, you don't just ever get on the mat and then roll it back out again, you know, roll it and put it back in the cupboard, right? You're going to do something more at that point, right? Right. So therein lies, you know, the second thing is just like, don't let yourself off the hook. As we say, don't feel you have to do everything. Doing something is more than enough. Yeah. And sometimes you're tired, right? And sometimes you should respect your body. You know, how do you know? Well, it's difficult, you know, you get on the mat and you start and you see how you feel, you know? And I think if one's honest and one doesn't have a sense of mental ambition, well, I ought to do this, I ought to do that, you can't know how you feel, you know, you know, push yourself because often it's more effective going with your body than just trying to do the same thing every day, you know, in terms of progress and certainly in terms of your mental and emotional evolution, God knows about the spiritual. (laughs) And anyway, I'll leave that to you, <laughs> but we're, you know, we're more pragmatic today, which, you know, I, I can talk about that, but we're talking about how, how to continuously maintain a focus for practice, maintain motivation and, uh, yeah, goals, realistic goals as well, you know, uh, because they make a big difference to focus and, and, uh, and, motivation, right? If you've got a goal, you know, as I said, if you've got a goal of having to do the same thing every day, like you did in Mysore or like your Mysore teacher tells you to, you know, this ought to be a six days a week practice, you need to practice it every day. Why? Simply why? You know, only yoga, after all, it's meant to make you feel better. It's meant to support your life. You're not meant to structure your whole life around yoga, although it's an easy trap to fall into. You know, I did this for many years. You know, but then I was a careerist yogi, as it were. You know, co- careerist yogi, no, not at all, but a careerist yoga teacher, yes. Um, and, and in terms of wanting to progress through the series, in terms of myself as a teacher and my reputation as a teacher, let's say, and all this stuff is, you know, it creeps in there, you know, and it's going to creep into the practice because we're all human, you know, in the end of the day, like it's just because we're doing yoga. It's not a magic force field around you. They say, as soon as you're doing yoga, you no longer have ambition. You no longer have per- personal motivations. You no longer have vanity or pride towards it. Of course you do. Mm-hmm. You know, of course you do. You know, the yoga is there to give you that same experience of, you know, of sameness every day. And in the end, it kind of chips away at this, this trying to make yourself something in the world. So you're trying to because this is all what the the senses are doing. They're looking out in the world to define us. We feel this inherent sense of lack. I mean, assuming this inherent sense of lack is where you get the Christian idea of original sin. You feel this inherent sense of lack. Looking out in the world is the most immediate thing to do. When a baby's crying, it's looking out for something, you know? And then we, you know, and then continuously being told to, and naturally doing so, looking out inside, looking out outside, to embellish, to 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 develop, to make ourselves something more. The sense of lack or not enough is just so deeply embedded. So we we keep doing that, you know, and. You know, it, we're going to do that in yoga as well. Trying to keep adding on experiences, kind of adding on postures, adding on accomplishment. You know, the sense of making ourselves enough through accomplishment is what yoga is trying to chip away at. You do something long enough and you start to even, you know, you get to my age, you know, 45 almost, you know, you start to backslide. You know, saying, What is it all about now, you know? And that's where it really gets interesting, right? When you get injuries in a way, you know, not to be too Pollyanna about it, but when you get setbacks, when you get injuries, when you, you don't feel like it, that's when it really gets interesting. I mean, yeah, anyone could be accomplished at something and feel good about something. And we, you know, you probably into got into yoga because you were reasonably okay at it, you know? So, um, and then we just do the same thing as we did anywhere else generally try and be better at it, you know? And usually, unfortunately, better has to be in comparison to, you know, we don't set those challenges completely to do with ourselves alone, better is comparison to someone else, to other people. How am I in this whole room of practitioners? How do I stand, you know, blah, 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 in this com- you know, in this community. And my level, you know, is my level good enough? Well if you've never seen anyone practicing Ashtanga, right? And you know, I mean you know you know when you got into it first of all and you walked into the room, it was just a joke. You know, seeing Jellinchy Sharsana C, Mary Charsena D, is this for real? <laughs> and you know, just thinking, you know, it was so out of the ballpark you didn't even think of comparing yourself. You just had to go and enjoyed it. And then soon enough, you start getting it. I mean, I'm talking about my own journey. It may not be yours. You start getting a bit good at it, you know, and then you start comparing. The compare the whole thing starts again, you know. But When you've got, I mean, I suppose when you walk into the room immediately, you've got this kind of beginner's mind that you're just enjoying it, enjoying the experience of being embodied, enjoying the personal challenge. And I just remember kind of laughing at what I couldn't do, which latterly, you know, like in my soul, you know, certainly wasn't the case. I wasn't laughing compared to people that could do things that I couldn't do at all, you know. It's very sad, you know. But nevertheless, it's part of the process of looking outside until we realise there's nothing outside that will add a one iota, one one thing extra to the experience of what we are already. Right? And it will only make us sadder because we're trying to keep those experiences the same in order to experience ourselves as we are because you know but because those things need to be pinned around us to give us a sense of self but of course they slip and slide and move and then the sense of self is problematized you know if your role slightly shifts or you don't have this or that or you don't have the car with the yoga postures or the (laughs) sound like a film star, you know the car the ladies the yoga postures anymore then what are you now you know if your density is pinned on the outside but all this stuff is very obvious isn't it you know Nevertheless, we probably don't think about it all the time because, again, not our fault. And then, the, what the beauty of yoga is that it doesn't point the finger and say, "Well, this is your fault." Like uh, you know Christianity that what I grew up with, or Catholicism, or whatever. You know, you're to blame for this. <laughs> you know, yoga just says, So well, this is the mechanism. You know, this is the world you're born into, and this is the body you're born into, and it has these things pertaining to it." And it, oh, hey wait a minute, it has this whole, this whole bag that you've been given on birth called karma. You know, you've inherited it through parents, or if you believe in reincarnation, you've inherited it through the uh, aglo- uh, kind of conglomerate of all the, of all the uh, energy that's come through, you know, which it seems like, a, you know, in the first place, a, a more reasonable idea than just thinking you just popped up out of nothing and came to nothing. I mean, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, what then, did the world get created on lust? Because yeah, I mean, otherwise, you know, if you don't accept any idea that, you know, there's something that continues and, you know, which is basic physics, isn't it? Low, no, no energy just comes and goes. Nevertheless, we kind of think that, you know, oh, it's a sperm and an egg created us. Well, yes, I mean, maybe that's what happens when you look at the bits, but, you know, were we just created by lust of our parents? You know, is that the significance of a human life? You know, I would suggest that there's a long train of events. Yeah. But, you know, of course we don't know, um, and that's a bit of a diversion. And we're coming back to realistic expectations. For some reason we got very way there. Realistic expectations on practice are essential. So if you start comparing yourself to other people, as I did for years, oh, I need to do leg behind head, Oh, I need to do a better jump back or lift up or, you know, something I was obsessed with, list- lifting up to the handstands and stuff from Navasana or from seated positions, you know. Um, and, you know, you want to do that and you think when you get that, they'll be happy. But of course, let me tell you for nothing, it's not, you know, you doesn't make it. No, I mean, I managed to do some, well, I managed to do most of the things I wanted to do. wasn't any happier at all. In fact, in lots of ways, unhappier because then you feel like, well, there's something you have to hold on to. You know? But on the other hand, you have to go through it to realize just like a rich person can tell you, oh, you know, money doesn't matter. But when you're here, you know, like, well, here, I'm not. Super poor, but you know, when you're here without much cash, you know, struggling and and, you know, and still feeling like you need to make a dollar, you know, you think, well, money is a bit of an answer, you know, you know, then you realize and you get there, oh, you know, don't feel any happier. Same with yoga, you know, some some ways you have to go through it to in order to know that it doesn't make any difference to postures, but that's again an aside. Realistic expectations, the obvious, as I said in the post recently, pick. Ones that aren't too high, don't compare yourself with another. I've been teaching for so many years now and I've looked around every workshop I've done at all these different bodies and just thought, how can we even compare these bodies to one another? They're so different. Yeah. I mean, of course you have certain body types. Yeah. But they're so different. It's not even comparable. It's like going, well, what's your bet? What's a, what's a better fruit? Is it an apple or a peach? It's like, well, you know, how can you compare the two fruits? You know, you just be the best, best peach you can be. <laughs> that's a bit sappy, isn't it? <laughs> but, you know, that's the point. You know, you cannot compare yourself to what another person's doing. It just doesn't make sense. You know, you look, get up one time after my store and look around at all the different bodies and the way they're moved. And you'll realize looking from, from, cause you don't usually do that if you're just a student to, to look at everyone, you know. But when you do, you realize, God. How could I possibly compare my body to someone else's? Anyway, what point is there anyway? Huh? So, realistic expectations, pick your own and don't pick things too high because you'll just be disappointed and then you'll feel like quitting. Yeah? And the last thing, basically, you need to continue this asana stuff until it kind of shows you enough that, well, maybe you don't need to use it so, so, oh, how would I put this? So, could, so effortfully, so, 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 con- you don't have to spend so much time and effort on it. You know, once you've got the point, I think that then you can, you know, use asana, keep the body conditioned, but also shift to, you know, other things, reading reflective books, scriptures, whatever is your thing, pranayamas, meditations, you know, it spreads outwards. I think it ought to spread outwards, right? It's after, after all Ashtanga yoga. (laughs) <laughs> apparently so you know but but until then yeah concentrate on the asana and you need it till you don't need it and I, I i i absolutely needed it for so many years just to stay on program you know coming i mean i said this before i think but but coming from a background of you know just God, basic addictions really you know like anything I did I would get addicted to it. I still have that propensity you know whether it's alcohol you know when I went to university I was drinking all the time you know and I just I was in a bad place smoking 30 cigarettes a day and then I do something else and I become you know it's just that you know certain people like my, myself they just have this a burning feeling inside they Just really need something to it's just like almost like I felt like just to purify my insides you know so much discordant energy crazy energy circulating and I needed it and I don't feel that anymore maybe it's just age maybe it's the practice you know I'm never going to make any claims about anything because I you know I haven't got a control you know I haven't got a me that didn't do it yeah but all I can say is what's what seems to maybe be the case with me anyways pick those expectations and don't set yourself ones that are too high because you need to do this continuously and regularly until you don't need it anymore yeah um coming back to motivation right you know I know we've taken a lot of tangential leaps in this podcast motivation. Yeah, it comes and goes. Don't expect to be motivated the same way you're in summer. As winter for example right Your body's gonna be stiffer in the cold it's gonna be dark you know it's just that time is just a keeping it's just like keeping the spark alive and then you've got spring or summer it's like well you know more, much more yang you know much more yang kind of like developing evolving maybe making a little progress and then winter just nurturing keeping things going you know keeping it ticking over you know and, and this is the same with phases of one's life you know obviously parenthood being the obvious one i mean i've not had kids but you know, i just only imagine what happens when you try and contain continue a practice and, and have children you know. it's like everything probably goes south pretty fast i'm sure i know from, from the experience of my friends and students so, you know, that's a time. Just doing a little bit is amazing, you know. But don't let the spark go out altogether. Because it's really hard, as you know, to start a fire from scratch. You know, if you ever had a fire in your house what I did when I was growing up, you know. Um, you know it's hard to start it, but when it gets going, just keeping it going, you know, and a smoldering embers, those embers, and then you see, you know, put something on it and it quickly catches fire again. Same with practice. Do a little bit every day. Could just be getting out the mat doing something again. Yeah, you know? but don't let it go out altogether. Yeah, and, and don't let yourself be unmotivated, right? I mean, how would I? That's not quite the right turn of phrase. Don't let yourself be dejected or despondent by setting your goals goals too high, biting off more you can chew, or getting stuck on a posture. How many people have I known that have gotten stuck on tasna or something like particularly capo, isn't it? Or, or maybe leg behind head, or you know, there's a couple of points where it's almost stopped them practicing altogether. Because of this dread or or frustration or disappointment around those postures. Well, come on, you know, just take it out for a while. You know, you've got to stay motivated and whatever it takes to keep motivated with this practice, do it. Yeah. If it involves less jump backs, do that. If it involves more jump backs, do that. If it involves taking out a posture for a while, adding something in, just something different that gives you a little bit, you know, a couple of handstands here or there that gives you a bit of motivation or whatever is your thing, you know, taking it slower, taking it faster, putting music on. I mean, I remember practicing, you know, many years ago, I did a teacher training with John Scott, his first one ever, right? John Scott. a well, he's a, kiwi teacher but he was in london for many years and i remember being surprised he after um going through uh teaching us in the morning he would do his own practice and sometimes i would do practice with him there just me and him amazing you know, experience but he'd put music on quite often put music on and we would do that with music and that's you know and that's you know one of our you know leading uh, old generation Mysore teachers right so you know you don't have to be so rigid and, and formulaic about it and you know what's traditional in the first place you know to make there's nothing worse you know than feeling despondent and wanting to quit whatever it takes to continue a practice do that rather than quitting and then other things careful use of social media right if you're using too much social media that can kind of put you off right because it's like oh it's a bit sickening from one seeing me too much and um, and uh, and secondly you know you're seeing all these people that can do all this stuff and they're maybe young because usually young people can do stuff you know and uh, and it's just like oh God, you know and then you get on the mat yourself you know that's pretty disinspiring if that's a word um you know so skillful use of that you know maybe less <laughs> generally for most of us or sometimes you know when i started practicing in the early days we didn't have social media so i would just use youtube and i would look at things that motivated me like uh you know shirat talking in mice or this is when shirat Batabi joyce was still alive or Batabi joyce talking or you know or shirat practicing or you know just something for a couple of minutes that would get me in the mood you know um Coffee. uh, Yeah, I still use it. It does help. Um, Too much coffee obviously doesn't help. And well, it's, you know, it's certainly um, not ideal, let's say. Um, I know they always said my soul, more coffee, more prana or whatever it is or no coffee, no prana. But in the first place, they're using coffee cut with chicory, which not only only balances the, uh, the acidic levels of coffee, but it's less strong, you know. It's a lot less strong. Okay, we can move on from the sugar quantity in there. But nevertheless, I believe on good information that Chirac doesn't even drink coffee anymore. So it's something I'd like to quit, but, you know, it can help. Um, Other motivating factors. Well, you know, over the long term, set long goals. Don't set short goals. Don't judge one practice as, you know, look, one practice over a year of practices means very little. Just sometimes you just got to do it, not think about it. And, you know, I've often moved through a practice and thought, well, you know, that was bad at the start, bad at the middle and bad at the end. I'm just pleased to have done it. And I can't think of anything good about that experience, you know, and that happens, you know, but reflectively over, you know, when you look back, some of those practices were quite meaningful for you and certainly meaningful because you kept on and it gave you a more confidence that you can keep on even when you don't want to keep on even when the mind tells you the senses tell you no this is the whole point taking back our autonomy from the natural world and our bodies which don't want to give it to us which want to lead us by the nose through life and 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 basically um uh, you know allow us to go into our most appetitive most animal instincts possible you know And we're taking back our responsibility and, and you know and deciding for ourselves what we want to do you know so sometimes those practices are really confirmed back to yourself. Okay, I do have the strength to resist. But I do have the strength to, to make my own decisions up, even though my body tells me no. And, you know, sometimes it's hard because sometimes you should listen to the body. And sometimes you have to override, you know, what you feel like, you know, in the most obvious sense. So that call can only be made by yourself. Um, I think with Ashtanga practitioners, generally there's a level of discipline there already that, you know, probably we should be taking it easy on ourselves rather than overriding, um, those kind of feelings in the body, you know, as I'm speaking to a certain audience, I think. So, yeah, I mean it long-term goals, not short-term goals, you know, one practice does not matter. A rubbish practice does not matter and a good practice doesn't matter you're seeing yourself over a long period and keeping up the practice is the point because in the end you know because David Swenson said you know you're looking for a sign you're getting better you're looking for a sign you're getting better and in the end you look you find a sign oh it's yes, actually you know <laughs> over you know when you get to my age, you're, you know starting to get a bit worse <laughs> or a lot worse <laughs> but so it's keeping it up you know and it doesn't mean you don't enjoy it as much you enjoy it more you enjoy it more honestly doing less and feeling more, and having something, and the gestures become more meaningful. The more you've done them, it's like you're building up layers of meaning in the, in, in the body, in what you're doing. It becomes so poignant, to use a word that, maybe if you're non English speaker, maybe you don't know, so significant. So, so um, that each gesture can become imbued, uh, full of meaning, you know, and that's what you should feel, you know, not ever again, not every time. Sometimes it's just like, well, you know, I don't feel it. I'm not feeling it. And I'm just going to do it anyway. And yeah, you, you know, you do have to sometimes just make your mind like a robot. Yeah. But other times you have to listen <laughs> so, and I can't, you know, I can't be there to tell you when you should or shouldn't practice. That's a tricky one. Um, But I think if it goes on for a period of time where you just don't feel like it, then, you know, you need to look at the diet. You need to look at your general lifestyle. You need to look at get some checkups you know just to feel like you know okay is there something wrong here you know is it practice that's not suiting me is it the way i'm practicing not, not suiting me you know because ashtanga could be practiced by anyone but you know certainly you know not anyone if you want to just crash through a primary in the second series every day or practice for hours or push yourself that can't be done by anyone it certainly can't be done by by an older person you know so Sometimes it's not the ashtanga, you know, There's people say, oh, you know, I don't think ashtanga is right for me. It's like, well, you know, it's like saying, I don't think yoga is right for me. It's, it's just yoga ashtanga. It's just like, uh, if you like to flow, if you like to connect postures, if you like a focus on the breath, then, you know. Ashtanga is great, you know, and it can be and doing it, the doing itself, the literal application could look like anything. You know, you can do uh, ashtanga in the yin style, you know, very, very slow and a few postures, the same ashtanga method. Or you can do ashtanga in the traditional style with the count as it normally is, you know. So, yeah, it's not it's not the fault of ashtanga, which is just essentially yoga in the end. But if something goes on too long, you know, and you're not feeling inspired, you know, look at it and change something. You've got to change something maybe it's an injury maybe it's something you need to look at maybe you need to seek a, a, a second opinion or a third opinion on, on what you're doing or or just on your health generally often it's uh you know it can be around diets you know if you're if you've adopted a vegetarian or a vegan diet for many years and maybe that's not working for you anymore you need to look at that again as ethically sound as that is you know um, that can be the case for and i think increasingly people are feeling that need to just introduce some sense of protein or uh, now and again, maybe just eggs. You know. um, right. Um, finally, I think with the practice, the last thing I wanted to say is that keeping a consistent time and place makes it so much easier and having a few things around that kind of reminds you of it, you know, um, like uh, you know having something in front of you. It doesn't have to be a picture of Patabi Joyce or Chirat, something meaningful, whatever that is for you. Yeah. Um, just as a as a focal point, being in the same space, you know how hard it is to practice when you're not in the same space, right? When you're moving around and how hard it is to get started, you know? Um, So that really helps, you know, having a consistent kind of rhythm of lifestyle. And, and you know, and I think yoga works best if it's structured around a kind of rhythm of lifestyle. Because if you're here, there, and everywhere, and then you're trying to practice and your life is too chaotic, then that, I think, needs to be looked at first, and, you know, alongside the structuring of the asana, you know? Otherwise you're doing this semi stimulating practice and then the life is also stimulating and you end up more stimulated. And I've talked about that before, I think, and I shan't talk about it too much today that, you know, practice can easily overstimulate you where it's meant to be stabilizing, you know, and making, making, basically making the consciousness, your consciousness clearer, you know, clearer of, uh, emotional biases and prejudices and, uh, and, um, you know, various desires that keep on, uh, Confusing us and distracting us from from the essential question, which is you know, and the essential question since we've we've been born is, what is it that's going on here? Basically, you know, and in our postmodern worlds, we just don't want to ask. You know, we 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 even forget to ask that anymore. It's like, well, you know, who cares? Or you know, I don't know. Or, you know, but that that's the question. I think ultimately behind all our desires and all our likes and our dislikes and everything we're doing, you know, it still comes down to that same question as it ever did. So yeah, find a place which which stabilizes you, you know? And then that place isn't kind of, when you get in there to that place to do your practice in the morning, you can remember yesterday's practice and the day before. And you think, well, I really don't like it, you know, like it today i don't want to do it you know i don't feel well i always used to feel like i didn't feel well before doing it every time almost you know i don't feel well and maybe i shouldn't do it today but you remember yesterday and you think well i had the confidence and the perseverance and the strength to continue yesterday and it worked out it worked out for me okay And then the next day you get there and you have that bit stronger because of the same association with the space, with your mat, yeah, with the, the icon. You can travel with this icon, you know, whatever it is to put in front of your mat. That helps as well, right? If you have to travel if these days, we're all moving around so much, right? So that that thing happens as well because you're building up self-confidence, you know? And that's the last thing I suppose I wanted to say is I think, you know, for me, a great deal of it was just building that, that self-trust, that self-confidence that if you put your money, you put your money somewhere that's where your mouth is is that the right way to say you know you, you you what you say you do yeah and for A long time I struggled with discipline, let's say, you know, as everyone does in a teenager and early twenties and uh, living this bad lifestyle, as I told you, I was, you know, doing all bad things and no, not too bad, but you know, like not living a disciplined lifestyle anyway. Um, and I didn't have any confidence anymore. You know, I I couldn't be bothered, you know, if, if, you know, school work and essay and university work and, you know, I didn't have any trust that I would follow through anymore. Yeah. If I did something, I would carry it through and that's a big deal. So I think ultimately what yoga gave me back is that sense that I'm going to do something and I can stick to it. i can have the confidence to do something that's hard, yeah, because life is all hard, you know. And if you don't pick your own difficult challenges, they'll just be given to you. It'll just be generally hard, you know. So you have to pick your own difficult ones, yeah. And, 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 and you have the confidence to stick to them, yeah. But also you have to know why you're doing it, yeah. Because if you don't have, you know, if you're just doing it because you feel you ought to or just doing it for the sake of a, for cosmetics, for a body or, you know, it's never enough. You have to pick a deep, the most meaningful thing, your approach as you can and keep and keep making that more meaningful, right? because we're looking for meaning and, and we're always going through it now you know because you know you don't get up every morning early you know, early morning in the dark and practice just for the sake of a good body i could tell you in the end that wears thin you know do you know what i mean like or for the sake of putting a leg behind the head or for the sake of any series or whatever you know or belonging to even belonging to the ashtanga community you have to find that meaning in yourself to continue so that's the constant thing in the end you know could say listening to the whole thing is kind of as we say in english money for old rope because in the end it's a search for meaning because it's the meaning behind it and the understanding of the can even if you don't the, the continuous m- mining or a continuous search for building up that meaning that can conti- that goes hand in hand with the doing yeah and the doing reflects some meaning and then you've got that lucidity in the mind keep up practice through the meaning you're engendered. And it's kind of like a positive spiral. And then we can go into negative spirals, you know, so easily in life. You know, if you don't have a positive spiral, you end up usually being in a negative spiral, right? We, you know, nothing, you know, has a, a meaning f- into it. So you don't take care in the life. So that reflects back to you, a lack of meaning. And, you know, you go in this negative tangent, or, you know, you don't trust yourself, so you don't follow through, so therefore you don't trust yourself. Therefore you don't follow through, right? Same old, you know, so you're breaking that spiral with yoga. Yeah and it reasserts you every day when you've done it yes i'm going to choose that light path you know i'm going to choose the path of of uprightness and and being and doing the best thing i can for myself and for everyone else around me and for the world rather than just resorting to to the darkness inside us which is always there for all of us as well and just choosing the 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 bad path you know i think in sometimes you know although it's a little bit a bit heaven hell isn't it you know you know it is the is as simple as that polarity you know when you can make better choices and you know when you're going with that that darker element inside you to make the worst choices or worse choices yeah so in the end just keeping on searching for that meaning trying to make better choices but not blaming yourself either when you don't fulfill those choices just get on the mat and have another go the next day yeah There's no praise or blame it's all coming together in the end for all of us and we'll all get there in the end you know? kind of certain of that. Anyway, I'm wishing you the best, most successful, most meaningful new year that you can have. And if it doesn't turn out that way, that's fine too, because it's all heading in the right direction for us all. Anyway, for me, only today at Kilo and Yoga, have a great start to the new year. And if I don't see you online, the Mysore class, perhaps, I run the Mysore every day online, remember? Come and join it anytime, Just pop in one time. That's fine. Maybe I'll see you in a workshop this year. I've got loads of workshops in Europe um, and some elsewhere in uh, Goa, Purple Valley and Thailand coming up and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, lots of places to see me and meet me in person if you fancy it or just pop in online one day and say hello. Anyway, for me from now, from Australia today, from a rainy Melbourne, it's signing off and goodbye. Have a great day.